This week on Inside Motorsport, we look at all the action from the Shannons Nationals at Eastern Creek with Gary O'Brien. Hope you'll stay with us. Gary O'Brien joins us on the line now after an exciting weekend of Shannon's Nationals action. And Gary, uh, certainly an interesting program with Formula 3, Formula Ford and the saloon cars all taking centre stage. Hi Craig, good day to everyone. Yes, certainly was. Ten categories over four days. Uh, Certainly a mammoth meeting and uh, (laughs) I don't think it's one the uh, organisers want to revisit in a hurry. But it was just one of those uh, peculiar um, type of events where we needed well they needed to um put us put these cater for all these categories that wanted to have a run in sydney at eastern creek and uh, and the word i'm getting already is that there may be two events there next year interesting because uh, eastern creek just turned soil on a number of redevelopments and renovations so conceivably you could have two events at eastern creek in the future on two completely different layouts well, well, what I'm suggesting is that they'll have two separate events there, um, maybe one towards the beginning of the year, one later, and one may be on the, one of the new layouts. Okay. Now, with the saloon cars, it was an interesting weekend of running with plenty of cars being in a major metropolitan centre. Uh, yeah, an interesting one because the top three out of the first race were excluded. Well, the top the fastest three out of the out of the first race were excluded for passing a, a safety car on a restart. Uh, even though um, the, the series leader Sean Jamison won the race and Tony Evangeli was second, they were both excluded. And, and Matt Lovell, who'd already um, had to serve a drive-through for uh, passing under yellows, was also excluded. But uh, as it turned out, in the end, uh, Jamison and Lovell shared victories in the other two races and, of course, still share um, the front-running, or almost the front-running, because Jamison leads the series. And um, they've actually extended their lead, their first and second positions over uh, the first-place uh, car. Mm. Now, as well as the uh, saloon cars, it also had the Radicals, which I find is a, a fascinating series. And uh, it's, it's interesting to see cars of that design out on the race track they they sort of harken back to those 1970s 80s uh, Le Mans open tops don't they well, I was going to say, it's sort of bringing Le Mans to Australia in a way, but these these cars have got smaller engines. They've got a one-and-a-half-litre Hayabusa uh, motor common to them all. They also um, only weigh about 800 kilos, so they certainly get along, and uh, it wasn't too much trouble for them to break under the one-minute-thirty-second barrier, which is fast as the sports sedans were doing over the weekend. So they're, they're, a, they're a quick car. They look good. They've painted them up really fantastically well, and um, they had three of the... Um, the the best drivers currently running around in uh, three form of the three champions uh, slotting in as co-drivers in the two 50-minute races. Mm. It's a good format and it does bring plenty of variety to the uh, card, although with 10 classes on the card, as you said, there was no shortage of variety. What did you think it of... It certainly wasn't. Yeah, what did you think of the Kumo Tyres V8 Touring Cars, which, of course, is the third level of uh, V8 motor racing in the country with the the oldest of the uh what is it the efs and the and uh well they go up to ba and by so it's only basically two generations away from what they're currently running in the main game and in the development series but um i think after um, a couple of years really struggling uh to to find the numbers i think uh 
the uh, Kumar Tyres React Drinker National Series came of age on the weekend. There was some, there was 15 or 16 cars there. We had a couple of uh, fall out in uh, practice uh, with little engine niggles and whatnot, and um, and so we had some of the best racing you're ever likely to see. Reminiscent um, of of what they do in the main game. So these cars, they really turned it on. Terry Wyhoon may have won all three races, but I tell you what, he had to work for them. Hmm. Now Terry Wyhoon is. Uh a class driver. He started off at the Thunderdome making a name for himself, then got into the Fujitsu series and might have even had a few main game starts there. But he's got guys like Scott Loadsman, who's very well known in the sprint car circles that was giving him a bit of a hurry up. And, uh, yeah, the the names are, are starting to become a little bit more familiar for guys who want to race in the big bangers but don't necessarily have the budgets to go Fujitsu racing. Well, I'm starting to see a bit of a trend. There seems to be a lot of guys that always wish that they could probably have a, have a bit of a go in one and um, obviously uh, didn't have the finances or perhaps the, um, the finesse to do it. Now they can get a car. It might be a little bit of an older generation one, but they can get a car and run here. And I'm thinking we're going to get the trend where we're going to have more of the young up-and-coming drivers going straight to development series running in this. And, and in saying that, of course, there was uh, two Queensland brothers that did saloon cars last year, jumped into two uh, BA Falcons this year and, and have absolutely um, stormed it. They've been really good. And um, I'm talking about Justin and Nathan Geary, of course. Mm-hmm. And they've uh, they run two cars uh, fettled by Jose Fernandez, and uh, one of them almost took the show the, on the weekend. Mm. Now, sports sedans, how are they travelling at the moment? Because their car count really does fluctuate quite badly by the nature of these well, the cars. What they tend to do nowadays is they um, they when they go to each state, they put on a state championship round along with the national championship that bolsters the numbers but um really they need some more cars up the front um you know the real quick cars like someone to take on the darren hossacks and tony ricardellos of the world but in saying that the the clash between those two on the weekend was phenomenal and uh, you only need two cars to make a race and they certainly did that mm. now porsche gt3 cc we're seeing the uh, the big banger porsches in the carrera cup on the uh main game card more and more now but the nationals have really got a good car count for the porsches yeah this is the old the older cars the ones that ran in gt3 in the past the 996 and 997 theoretically you can run any model porsche in gt3 cup challenge as as long as it's non-turboed so that gives you a fair bit of scope there's been a few nine 11's running, there's been a couple of cars from the Touring Car Masters coming out and have a run as well but uh, the interesting thing on the weekend was to see a saloon car guy who's uh, progressed up to uh, a rear engine sports car early last year and has finally cracked it and uh, won the round mm-hmm. in um, John Goodacre of course and of course uh, we've still got a few classes to get through the Suzuki Swift series it's a one make series and we've seen a lot of one make series come and go is this one going to be able to have any longevity, do you think? Uh, I think it's about $30,000 for a, a car ready to race. Well, they claim that um, it's as cheap as running go-karts or anything along that line. But, uh, yeah, uh, seven cars been the maximum that they've had. I think they've had um, eight at one time. But, uh, yeah, um, those sorts of things depend on the economy, I think. Uh, it's got a lot to do with it because, you know, it's always a telling factor. If there's no money around, well, people aren't just going to go into a one-make series. The concept's great. It's it's just the individual and up to them who, who will... Uh, 
taken on. Mm. Well, of course, uh, to me, the headliners are always the open wheelers. And if we start with Formula Ford, Cameron Waters and Nick Foster had a very interesting weekend, didn't they? Yeah, Cameron Waters was um, actually uh, dominant in the first two races, but Nick Foster, they must have worked on car setup and done some uh, some changes there because um, he came out on top, came from behind, passed the uh, Waters Miguel and uh, went on to a fairly, uh, well, not a comprehensive win, but he, he got there and, you know, with a couple of car lengths to spare, I guess. Mm. And, of course, Matt Sophie absolutely dominated, and uh, that is a big ask because James Winslow, last time he was out here, was almost undefeatable. Yeah, and uh, Winslow had plenty of experience and was going um, going to be the man to beat, but Matt Sophie, he's... He's just blindsided and really had done nothing for uh, 12 months and, and come back and um, had a win. Mind you, he had his first win at Eastern Creek a couple of seasons ago, so he obviously knows the place pretty well. Mm. Now, where are the Nationals off to next? Uh, August 14-15 at Morgan Park. Six categories running there. The final round of the Radicals. Australian Manufacturers Championship have got uh, two one-hour races on. Saloon cars, of course, are running again. And then... Um, uh, just got to figure out. Oh, GT3 Cup Challenge, of course, and Formula 3. Yeah, it sounds like it's another good card for anyone up there in southeast Queensland. Uh, and it's a phenomenal place with this um, new extension they've done to the track. Makes it very fast in the latter part of the lap, and it's a downhill sweeping run. And if you uh, can't get there, itv.com.au will be live streaming all day on the Sunday. And, of course, it'll all be on Speed Week at some time after the event's uh, completed. Gary O'Brien, always a pleasure to catch up with you here on Inside Motorsport. Yeah, you too, Craig. All the best. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Till next time around, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.